This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. For Inside Carolina, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and this is Up in the Rafters, where I'm joined by Carolina basketball legend and 2017 national champion, Justin Jackson. beats the College of Charleston last Friday and then by the slightest of margins beats Gardner-Webb by six on Tuesday. What are your early season thoughts watching this team? Um, They get out to a slow start in the first half um, and then they kind of turn it on in the second half. Um, I think their offense right now, I think their offensive – you know, if you want to call it identity, I think they're still trying to find it, trying to figure out, um, you know, what guys, you know, they should get involved early and when. And, um, you know, I think they're still trying to figure that out. I think defensively, um, you know, I think they're still trying to tighten things up a little bit. You know, just like last time we were talking, it's, it's way early in the season um, with these games where you're playing against um, at least in your mind, teams that you're just more, you know, more skilled, more talented than. Um, sometimes you can kind of fall into a lull and play a different way than you probably would if you were playing against a Kansas or Duke or, uh, you know, those type of teams. So I think it's, it, like I said, I think it's still early, um, but they've got a few things on both sides of the floor that they've got to kind of tighten up and, and figure out a little bit. The Gardner-Webb game, I thought we began to see some of Pete Nance's potential in the offense. He goes for 18 points. He steps back three of five from three. What did you see from him that got him going? Yeah, I mean, he looked comfortable. Um, he was aggressive. Uh, you know, he was shooting shots. You know, whenever he was open, he wasn't second-guessing him. Um, and I think that's big. You know, we talked about trying to fill, you know, the spot that Brady, you know, had for the team last year offensively. And they're going to need him to, you know, do something similar to that, you know, each game um, to provide something and take the load off of the other, you know, three offensive weapons that are on the team. Um, so I think it was good to kind of see him get out there and get aggressive. Hopefully he keeps that, you know, obviously I, I wouldn't say that we, you know, pencil him in for 18 points every single game, um, but to, to give some sort of, some sort of offensive threat from that, from that spot, I think is, is big for this team. So hopefully he goes in each and every game and plays as aggressive as he did. Yeah. He had 16 points at the half, two points in the second half in his uh, post game press conference. Coach Davis was, 
was pretty upset that Nance only had two shots in the second half. He said, if I had 16 in the first half and only two in the second half, there would be some discussions with my teammates. He said, uh, a long, long time ago when I played, if I had 16 in the first half, my teammates are going to screen and get me the ball to continue to do that. So he, he was visibly upset that the guys weren't really getting Nance involved in the second half, especially after that great first half that he had. As a team, how aware do you have to be for situations like that when a player like Nance is in a rhythm and, and carrying you offensively? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those things where, um, you know, you just kind of feel how the game is going. You know, there's not – there wasn't really many other guys that had it, you know, that had it going like like Pete had it. So, um, you know, obviously most of the guys, you know, once you come out in the second half, you know, you want them to be aggressive as well to try to get their games going a little bit. But at the same time, it's like, okay, we got to just keep feeding the hot hand. You know, they were showing that they couldn't really guard Pete in different situations. And so – you just got to keep going back to that because the more and more that he's able to do that, the more it opens up for, you know, RJ, Caleb, Armando, um, and everybody else. So I think it's just kind of feeling how the game is going. You know, I know from, from my years at, at Carolina, my sophomore year when Bryce had it going, uh, there was a couple of times we didn't keep feeding him, but um, when he had it going, it was like, all right, like, just keep giving him the ball, force feeding him until they can do something to change and try to stop him. And then that'll just open up for everybody else. So, um, you know, I think obviously that's, it's one of the first few games that he's even played with this group. So, you know, hopefully after seeing that and and playing in that kind of game with Pete being aggressive and and getting it going like that, hopefully they can pick up on it sooner next time. Coach Davis mentioned setting screens for people. You've mentioned the, the Marcus Page, he's he's a pretty good player. Let's let's get him some shots. What is Coach Davis like in those behind the scenes for for the fans that never will get to experience um, those in locker room conversations? Yeah, I mean, I think you know it's all it's also different. Fans have to realize too. Coach Davis was was actually a player. You know, like he played in North Carolina. He played ten plus years in the NBA. So when he speaks on things he's speaking basically from experience and so uh, like you said we've talked about it multiple times but there'd be multiple times when he was an assistant with us and he would you know Marcus would have it going or maybe he didn't have it going and we were trying to get him going and we'd come into the locker room at halftime and he'd basically tell us hey like we need to get this guy going like set screens get him open um you know so I'm sure you know I don't know what it would look like as far as you know trying to get Pete Nance going um you know, he's not necessarily running off down screens and wide actions and stuff like that, but I'm sure it was pretty similar. Like, you know, from here on out, whoever has it going, I'm pretty sure he's saying, hey, look, this guy's pretty good. Like, we need to get this guy going for our team and for himself. Um, so, like, let's run different actions. Let's set screens. Let's get him involved. Um, so, I think it's always easier as a player, too, to be able to connect with somebody that's been there before. Um so I'm sure the guys will, you know, respond to whatever he whatever he has to say pretty well. Yeah, and Coach Davis, after that Gardner-Webb game specifically, he, he was happy that the team won, but I think he does see so much room for this team to grow. And he mentioned that there wasn't any red flags for this team, but there were a few yellow flags and 
questions that he has about this current group, and it was toughness, sustained effort, commitment to defense, commitment to the scouting report and doing the things that you're asked to do, getting to the offensive glass, and then sharing the basketball. What have you seen so far through three games that might worry you the most out out of some of those things that Coach Davis kind of touched on? Yeah, I mean, I think there's kind of one on both ends. I think the you know, sustain effort on defense, I think is, is probably one of the biggest keys. Um, you know, this team has a lot of different guys that can, you know, pressure the ball, um, get in passing lanes um, and really cause havoc on defense. But I think at times you kind of see them relax. Um, you know, there were a few times they had a couple drives, Gardner Webb had a couple drives that were just not really contested. Um I think too, you even you've even seen a little bit on the offensive glass, which you wouldn't expect with Armando and Pete down there. Um, guys just kind of working a little harder to get, you know, hit the offensive glass. Um, but then I think on offense too, which is in my opinion, is kind of their strength, there is a lot of, you know, whether it is them trying to figure out how to play with each other or, you know, where to find people in certain spots, there is a lot of kind of, you know, one on one, um, trying to go get yours. Um type of basketball going on and when they do move the ball I mean it's hard for teams to stop them and so I think trying to figure that out and trying to figure out okay you know if I'm Caleb okay when can I be aggressive right if I'm in transition I got the ball okay let's let's go get a bucket or you know if I've got it going and you know I've hit two or three shots in a row all right let me go get let me go get this fourth and the same thing for RJ and Mondo and everybody else so um you know, I think if they can kind of figure that side of the ball out, um, I think it's going to be hard for teams to really to really guard them. The commitment to the scouting report comment from experience, is there anything that makes a coach more upset than, than not following the scouting report? There's not anything that makes the coach who does the scout, that there's nothing that makes them more upset. Um, you know, back to when I was at school, CB was like the most chill person ever. Um, but when it was his scout and we messed up on something that he said in the scout, um, he wasn't, he wasn't very happy and he let you kind of see it a little bit. Um, so, you know, I think it goes for every level of basketball, to be honest, like when a coach says something or puts something down for you to know, um, and you go out there and you, you know, either mess it up or you don't pay it. Um, it's a way to, to make the coach not very happy. Um, so, was and whatever they didn't you know apply um you know they they probably should go ahead and try to pay attention to that because coaches coaches either really like it whenever you pay attention or they the complete opposite if you don't yeah it's like the coach is giving you a blueprint and coach davis in his press conference mentioned i forget how he phrased it exactly but it's he said something like it's harder for you to not follow what we're telling you to do than uh, just following the scouting report. So, you know, f- from from your playing, like what are some of the reasons why somebody might not follow the scouting report? Are they just kind of defaulting back to what they what they think they should be doing instead of following like the coach's plan? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough because as a basketball player, when you go out there, like you just go out there and you play, right? Like, you know, you know, certain guys' tendencies, you know, certain plays because you've walked through them. Um, but then once the game kind of gets flowing, then it's kind of, okay, I'm just out here playing basketball. And at times you can forget, okay, this guy really likes to reject the ball screen. 
right? And so you you go to fight over a ball screen and they might get you on a reject. Um, you know, offensively, you might know that this guy loves to try to – this guy likes to be aggressive with his hands when he's guarding you. So you might just be kind of lazy on one play and they might get a hand on a ball and, and take it the other way. Um, so it's tough at times because as players, you just, you just kind of get out there and you get in the flow of the game. Um, but as long as you know going into the game what the tendencies are and some of their plays and kind of what they like to do, then you should be able to kind of stick to, you know, the plan that the coaches have for you. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And last year for this North Carolina team, this team got significantly better when it went to that Iron Five mentality of playing that group for essentially the entirety of the game. The bench through three games for Carolina is averaging 8.3 points per game. You have a couple of true freshmen trying to come along. You have a guys that are trying to figure out their roles. What would you like to see from that group for this team to reach its potential? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I think in college basketball bench scoring, I think isn't necessarily as important um, as you would see at other levels. Um, I think as long as the bench is coming in and doing things that, they need to be doing to help the team on the, you know, when they're on the court, I think that's the most important thing to watch. Um, you know, cause at the end of the day, they're not going to be playing, you know, 20, 25 minutes a game. You know, we've already kind of seen how coach Davis likes to do it with kind of this roster. and Those main five guys are going to play, you know, 30 plus minutes. So as long as they can come in, as long as Seth can come in and he can, you know, pressure the basketball, pick up full court, uh, run the team when he comes in, make those kind of plays. Tyler, as long as he can, you know, spot up, hit shots whenever he's open, um, play defense, kind of all of those type of things. Um, and everybody else, they just come in and fill a role that needs to be filled. And I don't think it's as much as big of a deal when it comes to the scoring aspect. Um, but obviously, you know, you want to kind of see as time goes on, you want to see somebody from that, you know, bench mob or whatever you want to call them uh, you want to see somebody kind of step up and be somebody that coach Davis can rely on game in and game out because you've seen too that he hasn't really 
had somebody from the bench that he knows, okay, I can play him 10, 15 minutes every single game. You know, he's kind of changed it up, who goes in, when, who plays a certain amount. Um, so hopefully somebody from that from that side can kind of, you know, step up and show, okay, hey, I'm, I'm ready to be a big part of this team. Yeah, one of the guys that Coach Davis seems to have a lot of trust in, R.J. Davis, he mentioned R.J. Davis was the, the heart and soul of this Carolina team. They'll kind of go as far as R.J. will take them. He gets a double-double against Gardner-Webb. He was the team's leading rebounder. What do you think that says about Davis that he's this six foot point guard and he's he's the one getting double figure rebounds and kind of kind of his his example that he could set for the team? Yeah, I mean, it just shows that he's willing to do anything for the team. Right. I mean, when you look at the Gardner Webb game, there was a lot of long rebounds, um, rebounds that kind of land in like the free throw line area, that kind of stuff. And you know, instead of him leaking out, obviously he stayed in there. Okay, got get the rebound secured and let's go the other way. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that's a big thing. I think besides Armando, I think RJ is, you know, probably the the main guy that kind of keeps this team um going forward. Um, uh, obviously we know how explosive Caleb is and what he can do, but I think when it comes to really keeping the team together and keeping, you know, through the ups and downs and making sure that the team stays in the right path, um, I think RJ is is huge for this team. So, um, you know, obviously that's a good sign to see your point guard get in there and kind of mix it up a little bit. Um, but I think it just kind of shows that he's, you know, he's here to win games. So I think that's big. Yeah, Carolina plays James Madison on Sunday and before heading to Portland for the Phil Knight Invitational. You've had experience in, in these early season tournaments. Think back to like the Maui Invitational. What is that like when you're going from games Chattanooga, Long Beach State to all of a sudden, you know, other power five teams, uh, Oklahoma State, Wisconsin? What What is that jump in competition kind of like? Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. Honestly, like as a competitor and as guys that, you know, you go to North Carolina for a reason, right? You go to these big time schools for a reason and that's to play in big time games. And so, you know, as, as, as fun as it is to get out here and play against, you know, exhibition games and all that kind of stuff to finally be able to, okay, we're putting this jersey on, we're playing against a power five school, right? Like, like this team is good coming in. I know my junior year, we had, we had had some games early on, uh, and when we went to the Maui, our first big game was against Oklahoma State. And guys were just – they were ready to go, right? Like you hear this guy is putting up these numbers or these guys are this good. You know, they beat this team by this much and all this kind of stuff. And it just kind of gets you more fired up. Um, so I think especially going to, an, you know, a tournament like this, which would be a super dope experience playing in a, a Nike tournament like this Phil Knight um, Invitational – um, you know, I think you just get, you just get going even more. Um, so hopefully they come out with that competitive edge and that, you know, that energy that needs to be had. And I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of watching them play against some of these teams. Yeah. That, that Oklahoma state game, you, you guys ran, ran them out of the gym. I'm looking, I'm looking at the box score right now. The final score in that game was 
107 to to 75. Uh, Joel Berry led the way with 24 points. You you chipped in 22 points, seven of 12 from the field. You guys as a team shot 58. percent You're you're gonna win a lot of games with with that formula. <laughs> I think. Yeah, man. We we um. Yeah, I'll never forget that because we, I think at the time it was um, Jawan Evans, I think, um, was their point guard. At the time, he was averaging like 30, 30 something points at that time. And of course, in the scout and all that kind of stuff, that's all we really talked about. Um, and we knew he was a really good player. So I think everybody was pretty fired up to play that game and kind of, you know, have our first little mark on the season. So. Yeah, it was it was a good one. Yeah, Juwan Evans still got his. <laughs> yeah, he definitely still got his, no doubt. Like there was, he was gonna get his regardless. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was we, really, uh, it was really about limiting the rest of the team. Yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 almost like when you're playing against Luca, it's like okay, you know what? We know he's gonna get his thirty, but let's try to limit everybody else. <laughs> so that was that was kind of our mindset going into that game. Yeah, we'll see how Carolina handles the James Madison game before going to Portland where they'll take on either, I believe, Iowa State or Villanova. We'll be back next week to break it down. Justin, appreciate the time and appreciate everybody listening or watching. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.